Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. A very warm welcome to you today to St. George's Church on this feast of the Reverend Dr. Samuel Shoemaker. Um, I want to uh, I want to say that the reason why we have feast days as Christians is that it gives us the opportunity to focus on the gospel through the lens of a particular saint. And uh, today I want to briefly introduce you to Saint Sam Shoemaker and his answer to the um, unmanageable life by talking to you today about three things specifically. First, I want to tell you about uh, Sam's insight into the human condition. And it's a biblical insight. It's for everyone. Second, what was Sam's solution to the human condition? Uh, This is for everyone. And then three, who is this profound solution uh, to the human condition that Sam dedicated his entire life to and sought to share with absolutely everyone? Well, uh, Sam Shoemaker, he was born in Baltimore, Maryland on December 27, 1893. And he grew up on his grandfather's very, very successful dairy farm in a massive three-story Victorian mansion called Burnside. Evidently, this place had 28 rooms. And uh, when uh, Sam was 14, he was sent to St. George's boarding school up in Rhode Island. And then for undergrad, he went to Princeton. He had all the preppy credentials, you know what I mean? And, uh, uh, and uh, he had a life of immense privilege. However, that didn't harden Sam to the reality of the human condition and the cruelty of the world around him. Sam, for uh, Sam's uh, uh, best friend as a child, uh, best friend as a child suffered from um, edema or a dropsy as it was called. And uh, this was a a buildup of the fluid under the skin. And in those days it led to extreme painful swelling and ultimately organ failure. Uh, Sam was aware and often questioned the inequalities that were prevalent on Burnside among some of the men who worked at the dairy farm. And his own sense of unmanageable inadequacy when he went to uh, St. George's in in Rhode Island and then in Princeton. It was there that Sam realized that he had uh, learned that he had some learning disabilities and uh, they were not in his control and these shortcomings, they nagged at him his whole life. Uh, This is my first point today. Uh, Sam grew up with an insight into the reality of the human condition. And it affects us all. It's an insight that most people don't want to talk about. In fact, we'd rather push this insight under the rug, especially in a culture, and especially in church culture, and society that emphasizes, you know, and celebrates having everything together and managed and under control. You know, the church culture where it's all about a ladder climbing to meet Jesus, you know, and these things, and you got to have it together and be perfect. This uh, is one of the reasons why churches are emptying out by the droves, yet Saturday morning basements in churches are completely full because there's a place where you can actually confess this, that life is unmanageable. It's unmanageable. 
That's the first point, and that was Sam's insight into the human condition. The life is unmanageable. And uh, often, this unmanageability is completely out of our control. Just think about your own life for like three seconds. You know? Some of us may have a friend, like Sam's, with an illness. You know, it's an addiction. You most certainly didn't choose it. You know, nobody wakes up and is like, today I'd like to have spots on my lung. You know? Nobody wakes up and says, today I want to be an addict. Maybe for you it's a child, or a parent, or a friend, whose unmanageable life is spilled into yours, and it's messing it up. Maybe for you it's an unmet or unspoken family expectation, or expectation in a relationship, you know? You didn't choose it, but your mother-in-law did, and you can't seem to get there. Now, these are broad examples. However, if we're honest with ourselves, so much of life, from children to singleness to relationships to our health to our work, is unmanageable. And without the ability to confess it, I am totally, totally overwhelmed. Without the ability to confess it, I need help or even deeper, the theological cry, I need saving, so often this unmanageability begins to grow. And this unmanageability begins to grow into something condemning. Unmanageability becomes a festering wound on the psyche in which we turn to unhealthy temporal fixes for a solution. For some, it's alcohol. For some, it's drugs. For others, it's food. For some, it's unhealthy relationships. We can even use good things, like religion or our health, you know, to help try and control that unmanageability. We all know that one person, they used to be really unhealthy, and then they got really healthy, and they micromanage every aspect of their day, and after like their third boot camp of the day, and they're eating their tofu quinoa salad, you look into their eyes, and you're like, you're about to crack, you know? We all know this, and we can take good things and bad things, but they're temporal to fix a deeply, deeply eternal problem. The option for temporal fixes are endless when you begin to think about it in order to help pacify that nag. And ultimately, they become then part of the unmanageable problem. As the book of Rolling Stone says, chapter 4, verse 1, I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> now let me tell you, Sam was raised a committed Christian, specifically an Episcopalian. And at its best which I hope we embody here at Calvary St. George's. The Anglican Episcopal expression of Christianity, it's reverent, it's pastoral, it's theological, and it enables the gifts of eternity to speak to our deepest temporal longings. However, we Episcopalians have a reputation of being the frozen chosen. Being the frozen chosen. And the problem with that expression is that in the wrong hands, uh, uh, this tradition can become lifeless, dull, 
and can lull you into a misunderstanding that everything is fine or into a a misunderstanding that God is too distant, he's abstract, or religion is too refined and sophisticated to speak and offer solutions to your deepest needs and wounds. God forbid that ever happens here at Calvary St. George's. What happened to Sam was that in 1917, he went to China. He got involved in Princeton in a parachurch ministry. Parachurch ministries are things outside of the church like Young Life and and, uh, different things that remind the church of its mission and that its best should bring people into the mission of the church. But so 1917, Sam went to China. He was involved in what's called the YMCA. And he was over in China to help set up a number of these and also offer business classes uh, through the University of Princeton. And it was there that he met this guy named Frank Buckman and became part of the Oxford groups. And Frank introduced Sam to a religion that was experiential and uh, really touched on the existential side of the faith. It's the great hymn, Blessed Assurance, which was a popular song at Calvary Church and at, um, at uh, the uh, Calvary Mission goes, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. This is my song, this is my story, praising my Savior all the day long. Buckman introduced Sam to a personal relationship with Jesus. And Frank taught Sam from one of the most existential places in the Bible, Jesus' most famous teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And what Frank did was he boiled the Sermon on the Mount to four absolutes. And the four absolutes were honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love. Well, let me tell you, if your life is unmanageable, any absolutes, especially those four, uh, you know, honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love, how's that working for you? Uh, That can be quite crushing. Now, what happens is, is that when you're confronted with those absolutes, we tend to run away because we think we've got to pull it together, you know? We think we're the ones who've got to climb the ladder to meet Jesus. But when you allow it to really work on you by the power of the Holy Spirit, those four absolutes expose you to your need for a Savior. And not just a one-off job, you know, I gave my life to Jesus. That's not exciting. Uh, the, the real thing is that Jesus came and found you, you know? Like, I gave my heart to Jesus, as if that was ever anything to have given him, you know? It's rather instead a wonderful, loving Savior finds the tin can of your heart on the trash heap of your life, and he grabs it, and he transforms it and makes it into something lovable. See, this opens Sam up to his need for a savior all the time. That's the beginning of the Christian journey. Not just Jesus is my means to an end, but he's the end and he becomes my everything. And this is my second point. Sam learned through Buckman, or better yet, God revealed to Sam through Buckman because we never come to this on our own that the solution to the unmanageable life was to hand one's unmanageable life over to the care of God. Because it's only God who can do what we cannot do on our own. And that is right our intentions. 
read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus takes it from your actions to your very intentions. It's not just did you do it, it's did you think about it. Did it come from your heart? And so to solve the problem of unmanageability, it requires something more than just a resolution. I mean, if we could make it by resolutions, we'd all be like, you know, perfectly fit. Because who hasn't had the January resolution? This is the year. New year, new you. How's that going? No, it's got more than a resolution. It requires a complete and total heart transplant. And that heart transplant is daily, it's hourly. If you're like me, it's minute by minute. The removal of the human heart of stone to be replaced with the heart of flesh that only God can provide. Sam turned his unmanageable life over to the care of God. And when he returned to the United States, he was ordained eventually an Episcopal deacon in 1920. He attended general in Union. Here in New York City, was ordained an Episcopal priest in 1921. And in 1924, the vestry of Calvary Church got the crazy idea to call this guy to be their rector. And what he did was is he turned Calvary Church into a spiritual cardiac unit. I mean, it was amazing. And this is really when churches are at their best. This is what they should be. They should be schoolhouses where you learn something about the faith. Uh, they should be cafeterias where you're fed and nourished by Jesus. And they should be uh, triage units where we're doing heart transplants all the time. And he stressed through his ministry and his sermons the importance of giving up control and allowing God to take over your life completely. And for over 20 years, Shoemaker took the institutional and often blah nature of the Episcopal Church and mixed it with personal and experiential faith that he learned from Frank and the Oxford groups and the parish came alive. And the mission of Calvary Church grew and made a huge impact in the life of thousands of people. Thousands of people with unmanageable lives as well. And it happened all the time because the truth is, and we all know this, the unmanageability of life never really goes away. You know, we're always saying, I just got to get through next week and then everything will be all right. But it's not true. Just when you think you have one part of your life figured out, the other shoe drops. And then it drops again. And it drops again and it drops again. Calvary for years owned a chapel called the Galilee Mission on what is uh, 23rd and uh, uh, it was on 23rd between 3rd and 2nd Avenue. It's now a nail salon um, because uh, really what we need in Manhattan is more nail salons. And, um, and that's because you don't know this, but the truth is, is that the temporal fix to an unmanageable life is a wonderful pedicure. I mean, let me just tell you, I mean, oh, Calgon, take me away, you know? But, uh, but uh, this place, uh, 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 Galilee Mission, which became Calvary Mission, uh, represented probably the heart and the soul of Sam's ministry and became a place where many people who knew the dark and lonely road of addiction were given freedom to turn their unmanageable lives over to God. I mean, it's powerful because there the eternal solution was found. 
or maybe even better put, the eternal solution found all of them. The motto of the Galilee mission and the Calvary mission and then Calvary Church was, there is a place nearby where the carpenter still mends broken lives. And this carpenter got a hold of the founders of AA, including Roland H. and Ebby T. And Ebby T. eventually invited Bill W. to come and see. And there's a powerful story of Bill on his first night in the Calvary mission in the midst of the smell and the sweat, coming forward and giving his life to the carpenter. And that carpenter still meets us day by day through word and sacrament, that carpenter named Jesus. And this is my third point. For Sam Shoemaker, the God whom he turned his life over to, the God who was the answer to the unmanageable life, is the same God whom he shared with the world and is the same God who still meets us today. And this God is not an abstraction. He's not a force. It's not the universe, but a person. The carpenter from Nazareth, Jesus Christ. He is the solution to the unmanageable life. And we need him every day. I need thee every hour. Jesus, who was criticized, not for hanging out with good people, getting it together, but for people with unmanageable lives, drunkards, prostitutes, tax collectors, and a whole host of sinners. And he came to them with his message of forgiveness and grace. People who've got it together, they hate hearing you need to be forgiven. I mean, believe me, the amount of people I've seen scoff at our sign, enjoy your forgiveness, or they've like stuck a sticker over it, beg for forgiveness, ha 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 ha, you know what I mean? The message of forgiveness, when you know you need to be forgiven, and you hear from God himself, I've forgiven you, and I've signed that forgiveness in my very blood, count me in. I'll run to it. This God whose unconditional love, this God whose unconditional mercy and grace, it has the power still to transform people right where they are at. And maybe it doesn't make our unmanageable lives any easier. But Jesus, by grace, enables us to take our unmanageable life a day at a time. And it enables us to improve our conscious contact with God so that we might pray only for a knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And let me tell you, just make it perfectly clear, what is the will of God? Because the Pharisees asked this of Jesus. They were like, what's the will of God? And he said simply that you believe in the one whom God has sent. And that's Jesus. And according to Jesus, according to Jesus, despite what happens in your life. And it's often unmanageability. Because of Jesus, you can trust that through the Holy Spirit, God is working out all things for the good for those who are called according to his purposes. And all of the unmanageability, all of the trauma, all of the brokenness is being woven together right now into a wonderful tapestry of grace that we will see at the end of the age. Say, wow, 
Our Lord had me the whole time. Wow, it was always by grace, through faith in Jesus alone. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.